stories for the rain. I'm the last lighthouse keeper in Scotland. When something calls to me from beyond the waves. By you slash darkly gathers. I like to keep to myself. That probably doesn't surprise you all that much with my profession and all. Some'd be driven stark mad doing what I do. I have no doubt about that. But for me personally, I've always liked being alone. Standing on the porch in the rain, the great and eternal light from beyond washing over me again and again in its dutiful rotation. Illuminating the world beyond it, its cascading clouds and stormy seas in all their rapturous glory. Opening up the realm before me to my position up on high, far above the churning waters below. One rough and calloused hand clasped on the rail and the other raised high to the dark and fuming sky. A sky that sends its bitter threats one after another in great rolls of thunder and boisterous streaks of lightning. You didn't scare me, you bastard, I roared out into the wind, a grin etched increasingly across my face as I laughed, my beard wild and whipped hither and thither, stained white-gray before its years with the thick salt of the sea air. I closed my eyes and take a deep breath in, filling my lungs as a blast of thunder, the loudest of the night so far, blusters and booms around the lighthouse. The rain starts to fall heavier, and I can hear it. I open my eyes and see a great sheet of it heading towards me from beyond, approaching steadily as a pale and shimmering wall. I shake my head and laugh once more, tutting and flipping the V-sign to the swirl of the storm. The V-sign is a polite suggestion to fuck off to ye non-natives made caringly with two of the fingers of the hand and raised with a wee flick of the wrist for maximum message. Until next time then, you great roaster, I chuckle, releasing the rail of my grip and turning it to the wind, my battered old blue coat thrown into a frenzy as I draw it tighter around my shoulders. I push through the door of the lighthouse uppermost deck and bring it to a swift close as the barrage of rain storms ferociously against the porch beyond into the lighthouse roof. The storms have been getting much worse recently. Much, much worse. And more frequent, too. Used to be as calm as all hell out here. I rub my hands together and step into the lighthouse's centerpiece. I give the old girl a once-over checking habitually that the great light is in tip-top shape. I see that she is and hang my hat on the nearby hook, heading down the spiraling stairs to my wee kitchen on ground level. Time for a spot of tea, me thinks. A little about myself, then. For you who are interested at least a little in the story I have for you tonight. My name is Douglas Bannerman. I've been the lighthouse keeper of this particular establishment for almost 20 years now. And it's just me here. All alone in this rocky little island. And that's just the way I like it, I've decided. Nearest village is a 20 minute trip by boat. 
The folks are kind enough, I'll grant, but they're oddballs. You know what manlanders are like, eh? You may have been led to believe that there's not a lighthouse left in Britain that isn't totally automated, but you'd be wrong. I like to think of myself as the last, but truth be told, there's a few of us still out here. Quietly and humbly doing the jobs that need to be done. I glance at the scratchings carved hastily into the wall above the sink as I set the kettle on the boil. Don't leave the light alone. Don't let them in. The twin beams must be manned. The first of these rules is the one that's always stuck out to me. Aye, Jack. I'll not leave her alone. I mutter, idly. My predecessor, Mad Jack Candles, carved those instructions into the wall in one of his classic bouts of good-natured insanity back when I was his apprentice. His last, as it happened, before he took off with a boat and sailed into the sea and was never seen or heard from again. Crazy fucker. I have no clue what those other two rules are supposed to mean. Don't let him in. The twin beams must be manned. I don't get many visitors on my way island. I can tell you that much for free. And the twin beams? The twin beams? Never been able to make heads or tails of that one. The kettle starts to whistle and I pour myself a steaming mug. Watching the wisps rise pleasantly from the rim and the rain batters down against the walls of the lighthouse. Weathered better lit up, I say out loud, to no one in particular. Else I may not be able to see the door tonight. It's the night of the reflection after all. Not some poncy in the reflection nonsense mind, just for the information. A true reflection. The reflection. A shimmering, unearthly reflection. Caught in the beam of the tower's light. On the same night, like clockwork, every month. Out at sea, beyond the waves, it rebounds the great light in ways that don't quite make sense. It looks like a door of sorts. Like an ancient arched door just waiting to be opened. Hence the name. Caught my first glimpse of the door about seven months ago, a minute or two before the dawn. I couldn't believe my eyes. I couldn't comprehend. I couldn't look away. And then came the icy ripple of the wind. My eyes were forced shut. I had to shield my face. And when I looked back, the door was gone. It occupied my thoughts for the better part of a week. Such an obscurity as that was. But then, as we often do, we start to doubt the things that we've seen. The things that don't make sense. And I promptly forgot about it all. Until, that is, by freak chance... It cut my gaze again as I pissed through the rail one tumultuous night, onto the rocks and the fourth the ocean below. And I realized upon analysis that it was the same night, exactly one month from its previous appearance. So come month number three I waited, poised and ready, and sure enough, 
under the glittering light of the thousand stars, there shone the door, reflecting as ever the beam of the lighthouse. Ever since then, ever since I became aware of its regularity, the door has become stronger. It's, it's like keeping a dream journal. The more you do it, the more vivid your dreams seem to become. And it's because you become better at remembering them. That's how I understand it, at least. And I'm sure that it's the door. Of sorts. The thing that I'm seeing, I'm convinced. And tonight's the night. As I clamber back up the steps, blowing on my mug of warm tea, I wonder to myself if I'll still be able to see it through the tempest outside. If it'll still reflect a beam in that same and wondrous way. I've seen a great many obscurity and eccentricity in my life as a guardian of this here lighthouse. A great many indeed. I've seen things that you wouldn't believe. And I wouldn't blame you. A throng of pale ships that sparkled in the glow of the moon. Flags are flying and shimmering in and out of sight. Swaying dangerously in the churn below, before disappearing permanently into a sudden and icy fog. I've seen a monstrous, broken skeleton, that of a colossal and snake-like fish, barely held together by scraps of the graying, taunt flesh, thrown into a wreck by the wrathful tide against the base of the lighthouse, before collapsing into pieces and down into the deep. I've seen a woman, enormous, taller than any mountain or any building made by man, far, far out to sea toward the horizon. I've watched her unfurl herself from below the waves and stand, the water coming up only to her waist. She lifted an arm to me in a slow wave, and I waved back, and she walked away gradually sinking back beneath the surface as she strolled off into this unknown. But the door... The door is something else. It's my only regular visitor, for one. And it always makes me feel a tad guilty. Like I'm... passing glance on something that no mortal man has any right to observe with his naked eye. I can't stop. I, I just can't. Would you? I'm almost at the top of the stairs, back toward the upper deck. I reach once again for my hat, ready to brave the rain when I hear an unusual sound. I stop, tensed, but I, I think I must be mistaken. Surely. It's a sound I haven't heard in a long, long time. One that doesn't really make much sense. But, to the chilling of my blood, there it is again. Loud and clear above the drumming of the rain. Knock, knock, knock. I swivel around, teeth grit as I look to the door of the lighthouse far below. Douglas? I hear, calling desperately from beyond. Douglas, it's Heather. Let me in, you great Lumix. It's pouring out here. What are you waiting for? Heather? 
I call back, carefully setting my mug on the wee table and heedfully heading back down the stairs one step at a time. What sort of man leaves his wife out in the rain? Eh? Come on now, open up. Apologies, lass. I reply cautiously as I descend, licking my lips. Suddenly, bone dry. What are you doing here at this time, you daft cow? You shouldn't be travelling by boat this late. It's too dangerous. I keep my voice level, but my heart is like the rain. A hammer in my chest. Stop mucking about, Douglas, she calls from beyond the door. I'm soaked through here. Just come and let me in. I don't dare reply this time. I unhook my shotgun from the wall, and I step towards the door. Lightning flashes in the world beyond. Douglas! My wife calls again, her tone a little more impatient, a little colder. Douglas, let me in. I think I hear something else in her voice too, something I can't quite put my finger on. And I don't dare to care. Because it's all well and good. My wife wanting in. I wouldn't blame her for that. Given the storm. The problem, however, is that that woman has been dead for almost five years now. I hold the shotgun steady in my hands. And I approach the shaking door. I'm the last lighthouse keeper in Scotland, and a mysterious terror is rising up from beneath the sea. By you slash darkly gathers. Douglas. The imposterous voice of my wife calls to me louder, more urgent, backed by a rumble of anticipatory thunder. Open the door, Douglas. You just tell me why you're outside at all, Heather, I reply, sweat budding and leaking down my brow. It's far too stormy a night to be outside. Just let me in and I'll explain. I need a chance to dry off. She laughs, an artificial sound that sets my teeth on edge. It sounds like laughter. Sure, but it's a meager copy. There's no mirth behind it. It's fake. Like a person who'd never laughed even once in their life, making a sorry and stilted attempt. I glance at the rules. It's Mad Jack's rules above the sink. Don't leave the lat alone. Don't let him in. The twin beams must be manned. Don't let him in. All right, Jack. All right. I'm all right. Every muscle of my being shaking feverishly. You best not be playing pranks with me now. I swallow. I'm sorry, Heather. 
call loud above the relentless drum of the rain. I'm really terribly sorry. But as you well know, the woman I'd love and married died a long time ago. I hear a whistle. Loud, angry and high-pitched from beyond the rattling door. I don't know what you think you'll gain by way of entering my lighthouse. I bellow as the whistle rises into a scream. A scream that curls my very blood and it's terrible beyond words. But you're no wife of mine. And you're not coming in. And just like that, the screaming stops. The door comes to a rest on its hinges. And the storm blows. Just for a moment. Before a renewed barrage of thunder rocks against the walls. A cold gust blows from beneath the door and I wipe the sweat from my forehead. Swearing to myself. Sprinting forwards and sliding across the door's second and third bolts. Scampering back up the stairs, up and up to the top deck. Past the great light and pushing out the door into the storm beyond. Gripping onto the rail as I squint and I peer into the distance. It takes a moment. A few rotations of the beam, but eventually I catch sight of it. Sure as can be. It's there. The door. The reflection. And tonight, by all that I hold dear, I swear it, the door stands open. I can't see beyond. Nor can I explain to you exactly what it is that differentiates this door from the door of the previous month. All I know is that it's different. And it's open. I run a hand across my rain-soaked hair. What the fuck is this, Jack? What the fuck is happening to me now? Is this it? Is this the end? Am I finally succumbing to whatever madness it was that you fell onto all those years ago? I feel a swell of vomit rise from the depths of my guts, and I suppress it, spitting out to the sea. My fucking wife! What would I have seen if I opened that door, eh? What horrors come from me tonight? The winds howl in response. The sea surges in towering angry waves. And a series of figures rise from the depths. I stare down in cold horror watching as the sea recedes from the narrow rocky shores and at the base of the lighthouse. The waves keep coming, and yet they no longer crash against the lighthouse. They seem to split, to carry off and around the edge instead, allowing room for the figures to make their way up into the wet rock of the island's tumbled shore. They're pale and shiny, man-sized, and rising up from the darkness of the sea all around, encircling the lighthouse completely. Two dozen of them, or perhaps a few more still. Their skin is grey, and they're adorned in tattered, sea-stained robes that might once have been white. They step clumsily from the water onto the land, and the one 
directly below me suddenly looks up, and I swear in alarm. The man's eyes are like those of a fish, lidless and staring, bulged from the sides of his face. He raises a hand towards me, a, a long, flayed and scaled fin, and he cocks his head as his robes are thrown about his body in the wind. Lighthouse keeper, he calls up to me, his open mouth revealing rows of thin and long sharpened teeth, yellow and stained. Oh, keeper of the light, an opportunity has been granted to you to rinse yourself of your sins. I grimace and point my shotgun down towards him and fire. My aim was always shite, and the distance and weather did not help, but I clip his shoulder in a shower of scaled flesh and bone and he gargles, screaming as he flails to the rocky ground, flailing and twisting unnaturally, crawling back across the stone and into the depths of the sea. Another of these harrowing monks steps forward and takes his place. Your time runs thin, lighthouse keeper, he calls up. Opportunity to absolve your crimes is limited. Take this chance while you still can. I shoot again. This time I miss completely. Brittle rock shatters by the figure's feet. I wasn't much of a good man before the lighthouse. Before my time here, you understand? These monsters down below aren't just crying platitudes. I'm sure of it. I get the sense that they know my deeds. They know my past. Though I'm not sure how or why. I used to run with gangs. Glorified bodyguarding. Basically, drug business, etc. I hurt people that didn't deserve to be hurt. I used to like the feeling of part of a team. Back in the day, before I came to appreciate the gift of solitude, I twisted a team as it was. Never a fan of guns, though. I always preferred the knife work. And those days are behind me now, anyway. Long behind. Took me a while. But I got out. I was a cunt. Plain and simple. And that's not the man I want to be. No one likes to be a cunt. The sea-eyed monk raises his arms. He opens his mouth wider and wider still. And he begins to sing. It's a sad, sad song. And one that chills me to my core. The others join as the lightning flashes and the swell of the storm beyond. Away with ye, demons of the deep! I roar. I've no place for ye here! The murdered bishop below holds his hands, his flayed fins out to the side. He cocks his head and his eyes bulge. Reject the sins of the land, lighthouse keeper. Submit to the sea and you'll be spared. You're no priests of mine, I call back. I'll be doing no such thing. We would welcome you with open arms, keeper, 
Suck my balls, you fishy fuck! I hastily reload as the singing grows louder. I'm gritting my teeth, holding steady against the rail as the rain beats down across my head and my back. My coat caught in the wind and thrown behind and across as it tries to drag me around the porch. And I fire. Boom! The priest with which I plavered drops like a stone on the ground. But not before losing his head with a burst of wet grey flesh. The singing comes suddenly to a stop as his corpse quivers on the slippery rock and the remaining monks turn to face back out to the sea. They raise their fins as one and the water beyond starts to swirl. The waves lose their rhythm and become caught in a frothing, churning whirlpool, rising rapidly in speed and intensity as the gales blow my rain-soaked beard about my face. I stare, watching in horror as the water darkens, as the swirl reverses, and great dark spires begin to rise out from beyond, from beneath. The waves caught in the spin crash into and against each other violently as the thin black spires ascend from the depths the towers upon which they are built rising with them, then arches, crenellations, and impossible windows of black-blue glass. I take a step back from the edge, my mouth agape, as a terrible, watery cathedral rises out of the sea, and up, up into the storm. I'm the last lighthouse keeper in Scotland, and a congregation has awakened from the deep. By you slash darkly gathers. What in God's name? I mutter, as the dark and twisted cathedral from the world below rises grimly up into the rain. Strange and alien lights flash beyond those deep and ethereal stained glass windows. The waves crash and forth maliciously around the building's paradoxical walls. The robed men from the depths turn back to me, and their song resumes. In time now to the rumbles of the cathedral bells, sounding out a beautiful yet terrible melody. A haunting song of the sea. Repent, lighthousekeeper, cries one of the monks as he shuffles forward. I catch glimpses of those sharp, thin, yellow teeth as his lips flap grotesquely, open and closed. Repent and you shall be saved. Cleanse yourself of the sins of the land and a rush of sickening emotion swells up within me. Swearing, I bring round the shotgun for another blast, but I can't focus. 
I can't aim and once again the shot goes wide. Pieces of rock shattering pitifully from the ground by the speaker's feet. I slam my hands to my ears, trying to focus as the sounds of rain, uh, the thunder, but the singing only grows louder. And the bells, the goddamned bells, I can't help my eyes. My gaze is drawn to the cathedral's double doors, its misted gate, and I see it start to open. A shaft of blue light appears from beyond, and I know, I know in my heart of hearts that something grisly lies beyond, but I can't tear my eyes away. I can't do it. The door. The door! That's why I'm up here at all, to see the door, the true door, the reflection out at sea, my regular guest, and in this moment of sharp remembrance, I bellow and twist my head, my eyes forced back to their original prize, the shimmering standalone door, the mystic arch beyond, caught just as the beam of the lighthouse passes by. I focus on it. Now, I focus hard and will myself to think of the reflection, to see it, and nothing else. And I mutter to myself words of strength, and I find, after a rotation or two, that I can step back. I do so. I take another, and I turn with a grunt of force pushing back through the door inside. Taking a breath and cracking my knuckles, I sprint down the spiral and staircase to the level below. I tear open drawers until I find more shells, more precious ammo. And I rifle through my bookcase, pulling books from the shelves haphazardly until I find the King James, my tattered old Bible. It can't hurt. Hardening my resolve, I return up and push back out into the porch of the rain. Shouting loud above the singing, I begin to read from the Bible. Any chapter will do. I flip the pages over. Revelations is as good as any. And I saw what looked like a sea of glass glowing with fire. I begin picking a passage from the middle of the page at random, shouting over the chorus and the bells and the thunder, glowing with fire and standing beside the sea, those who had been victorious over the beast and its images over the number of its name. They held harps given to them by God. Movement catches my eye and I glance down down to the sight of a cluster of monks casting off the many ropes and covers that keep my little boat protected from the elements. Hey! I call down. Get your grubby fins off my boat! But they don't. And to my frustration, I feel the chords of the harmony start once again and overwhelm me. I squeeze the Bible under my armpit and hoist the gun. 
blinking the streams of rain from my eyes and firing shots down to the wayward priest below. Two perfect hits. The chest of a monk in the outer circle explodes and he stumbles, falling back beneath the waves, and the second shot bursts the head of one of the assailants of my boat. My precious boat. Get away! I roar down to the rabble, firing two more shots, both missing, before hurling down the Bible in a desperate last bid. The book strikes the back of a grey head and its owner tumbles unceremoniously into the sea. Fuck me. Fuck this! I grunt, running a hand across my lower jaw. More of them come now, more of the terrible monks striding out of the watery darkness, eyes unblinking. They're not gonna stop, are they? I mutter in despair as they work to untangle the last of the ropes of the boat. They don't want me going anywhere, that's for sure. And then, then comes the beam of the great light, of my great light. She catches, as ever on the arched door out there in the waves, the light reflecting like a mirror of golden glass, caught in a perfect moment of time. And I know what has to be done. I try to drown out the song with the noise of my own thoughts and I slam back into the lighthouse I sprint down the stairs and grab a handful of more shells and something else something I hope I can use to bluff my way out of here an idea I got from the bible verse glowing with fire I muttered to myself pulling open a cupboard with a clatter and taking firm hold of a rescue flare Standing by the sea, victorious over the beast. I grab my radio receiver and I shout out in a sponseless call for aid into the crackling void. It won't do me any good, I wager. But again, it can't hurt. I head down to the lighthouse's front door. Shotgun in one hand and flare in the other, and I strike it. A burning and altogether overwhelming red light is thrown proudly across the walls. I squint. It's too damned bright. I hold the gun between my legs and wrap the old scarf around the flare, burning my hand a little in the process. Fuck. Should have done this before setting it to flame, you pillock. The scarf bursts quickly into a frenzied fire, and I step forward. I'm bolting the door and casting one final look over the rules of old Mad Jack, carved desperately above the bloody sink of all places. Don't leave the light alone. Don't let him in. The twin beams must be manned. Rule number one. Don't leave the light alone. I'm sorry, Jack. But if I don't leave her alone, just for a little while, then they'll get in anyway. And then she'll be theirs. They want me stuck here, Jack. Why else would they go for the boat? 
I've got no choice, fella. And besides... What do you know, anyway? You're dead as dick, pal. I'm heading for that fucking reflected door. And I squeeze my fists, grab a hold of my gun, and I kick through the door and onto the rock, slamming it shut behind me. The storm casting salt and bitter spray up and across my features. The singing stops at once, and all those terrible eyes turn to stare in horror upon it, the fire in my hand. Behold the power of the land, I roared to them, my bravado entirely false. I step across the wet stone and closer to my boat, thrusting the burning flare this way and that, my face a body and glow in the gloom of the icy tempest. They cower in fear and hold their unnatural hands before their faces to shield their lidless eyes from the red and almighty flame. I pray silently that they do not know how easily they could extinguish my magic with the well-placed blast of water. I worry even now that I will not make it to the boat before the heavy rain goes and gives the trick away. The fire of life, I bellow, shaking my flare madly as I creep closer and closer to the boat. They're all around me, dozens and dozens of them, all moaning and twisting, shuffling away in confusion. I think about the Bible verse. This is my fucking harp, I mutter to myself. Then I turn to the monks by the boat and make a noise, thrusting the flare suddenly towards them and they disperse, wailing in horror. With an eye watching wearingly over the congregation, I pull back the final ropes and tear off the covers with a grunt, dragging the boat fully out of its shelter and hoisting the poles and thrusting my wee sail, pulling it out and into the churning waters. I jump in, still holding the flare high in one hand, and I grab the ropes, steering madly as the boat is caught instantly in the swell of the waves. I've lost it, I think to myself turned into you, Mad Jack. If you only could see me now, what in blazes am I doing? And I laughed to myself. Despite the fear rippling through me, and despite everything, I string the flare hastily to the mast and turn behind me, raising the gun up high and blasting the closest monk to Kingdom Come. Stay away from my lighthouse! I call out as the boat leaves the island behind, Rocking perilously from side to side. Lightning streaks through the sky. And I turn back to the waves. Every time the beam of my precious light comes around, I get a good sight of the door. The reflection. Out over there in the sea. And I alter my course, heading round towards it. Yes, I may be mad. Yes, I broke one of the rules. But the storms have, over the last year, been getting steadily worse. It never used to be like this. If I make it through the night, then there'll come another just like it. I can feel it. And the door is nothing like else I've ever seen. It knows I'm watching out for it. And it's never been any threat to me. That much is true. And the priest wanted rid of my boat. 
that's too fucking bad for them. Sure, I could try sailing back to the mainland. Twenty minutes on a clear day might take three times as long in the conditions such as these. If I ever fucking made it at all. But what if these fuckers come every night? What if they send my fucking dead wife again? The door comes once a month. And tonight is the night. Tonight is the night indeed. I roar out into the storm as my knuckles burn white with exertion. The wet and heavy rope no doubt forming ugly new calluses across my hands as I heave and pull, steering my course toward the door. Tonight is the tonight fucking, is night. fucking night. I'm the last lighthouse keeper in Scotland. And tonight I set sail out into the darkness. By you slash darkly gathers. The twisted sound of the abbots of the abyss may have been forced to a close. But the bells of the dark cathedral ring on. And grimace and look to my left as the furious waves crash ceasingly against its walls. The light beyond those blue-black windows of wet, stained glass flashing and flowing. A poor attempt at enticement indeed, I'd say. I'm sure his foot not going anywhere near the bloody thing. And I dread to think what terrors lurk inside. I hear from behind me the desperate voice of one of the monks, still stood uncertainly on the rock of the island. The symphony of the rain and the wind and the sea is too loud, however, and I'm unable to catch what he says. I swivel in reply with a blast of the shotgun, another spectacular miss by a wide margin. Piss off, you pescatarian pansies! Mara through my sopping beard. My destiny is with the door tonight. And she lies ahead. The door. Every time she catches the light of my fateful rotating light. Every time that golden reflection shines back at me from her position of the sea. I make sure to adjust my course as best as I can. Riding the waves towards her. I am the fire upon the sea, I call out to no one in particular. My wee boat, a burning and sparking ember of red fire in the cold and dark and the swell of the swirl. I will claim victory over the beast. The sky answers with drums of thunder and I grimace, wiping the sting of the sea spray from my eyes. As I sail further out across the intemperate waves, leaving the island and the cathedral behind, shimmering white shapes start to emerge from the surrounding water. They are not swimming, nor are they even wet, it would appear. It does not seem that they were ever fully here at all. 
Five men with skeleton faces, unconcerned by the blaze of the fire and gliding through the air, drifting legless around and around the boat, muttering and whispering through faded jaws. Oh, honorless wretch, the first begins, hovering by my left as I steer desperately toward the churn. Oh, breaker of his word, he who would abandon his duty at the time of its greatest need. He drifts behind, and a second comes up in the right, his words a winter chill upon my cheek. You have forsaken the bond unbroken of the keepers of the tower. You forfeit your place in their halls in pursuit of a shining door. I keep my eyes upon the reflection. My lighthouse guides the way. The being shimmers away and a third comes up from behind. I feel his breath like frost on the back of my neck. All that glitters is not gold, lighthouse keeper. Your solitude has left you blind. Away with ye, despairing whites of the depths! I roar to a streak of lightning. You'll not silence the spark of my spirit with your cold cliches. I will not turn back. Not this day, nor any other. My path is set, and I follow the light. Dogs' bodies such as ye... No, only the dark of the deep. What advice have ye to offer me? Be gone! And bitterly they do, twisting and spiraling, muttering and shimmering and returning to the white grey of the sea forth, lost in the storm. I tug my battered blue coat further around my shoulders. I pull hard on the ropes. The flare fizzles and sputters under the pressures of the rain and the flicks of the tails of the waves. Hold tight, you bastard, I growl to the flame. Hold tight just for a tad longer. You can do it. A naked torso rises from the water to my side, and then another, and another still. I glance down at them. I give them credit. They are beautiful. Hair long and wet draped down the sides of their faces and further into the sea, their eyes wide and blue, their mouths coy, smiles that plead innocence but hint at so much more. They swim alongside and I see the silver of their scaled tails shining as they glide, keeping easy pace with my vessel. Douglas, the middlemost calls, she tucks a wet lock behind her ear and looks up at me from beneath her lashes. Her voice a river, strong and yet soft. She traces her fingers along the rim of the boat. Douglas Bannerman. It's not too late for you, my captain of fortitude. But the sea threatens to take you, sailor. And she will not be kind. She despises your bravery. She envies your fire. And she resents your masculine, single-minded determination. One of the ladies dip below the surface and swims beneath, appearing up on the other side. She doesn't understand you, Douglas. And she never will, 
she says. But we do. You can have us, Douglas. We will be yours, and you will be ours. Submit yourself to us, and we can save you. The third joins the first and soaks her sister's hair. She plants a soft and tender kiss on the creature's cheek, and she smiles at me. Her eyes pleaded. The sea has no power over us, Douglas. She bends to our will, as she could to yours. We could belong to you, Douglas. You just have to reach out and take us. I square my shoulders against the driving rain, tearing my eyes from the glow of their beauty and adjusting my course. The boat rocks up and around under the duress of the watery siege. Your offer is kind, mermaids. Fair from the world below. I call back to them. Joe set. But I have no desire to bend the sea to my will. I ask for naught but a little cooperation. Just enough to see me through. I deign not to look directly at the ladies in the sea as I speak. But in the corner of my gaze I spy shadows dark and unnatural forming around their eyes. I can sense them seethe with my sixth sense. And whilst your beauty is enough to take away the breath of any man, land or sea, my heart belongs to another. And will to the end of my days. So thank you, sea mates. But my answer is no. They hiss in response. A frightening scrape of the sound that sends goosebumps shooting down my back. And they scratch at the sides of the boat. I, I pay them no heed as they disappear back below the waves. Tails splashing as they descend down the darkness. The door approaches. The waves smash up against the bow of the boat and they throw themselves around in a frenzy. As they do so, they drag me along with them. To my right, the sea spouts upward in a sudden pillar of water. I swear in a shout of alarm as it merges with the rain. The waves below forth in part allowed titanic and terrible tentacle to burst from beneath. A searching, slimy arm of an ancient monster from a time gone by. Water cascading from the appendage as its brothers rise up alongside. They writhe and pulse and arch and convulse in strange and bewildering patterns. Blindly reaching out for the potential prey to drag beneath. I duck as a tentacle whips suddenly around and above my head. Catching thankfully on nothing but salty air. The monster roars from the deep and the waves drop. Only for a moment. And a great and grinding beak, a gaping void of a mouth, hungry and merciless, becomes visible just below the surface. I steer madly to the side, away as best as I can from the lurch of the wavering arms. The monster moans again, and the sound rises to a bludgeoning watery wail, quickly becoming one with the thunder beyond. The tip of a tentacle finds its way onto the boat. And I hasten over, kicking it away with a well-placed stamps. But I'm on its fucking radar now. 
closer, the tentacles slither, seeking me out with an animal hunger. One of them swings viciously down from above, red in the glow of the flare as it comes right at me. I angle the shotgun up high and I send a blast to meet it, splattering a healthy chunk from the tentacle as it careens suddenly backwards in distress. The sea to my right rises and shifts worrisomely, and I get the impression that this colossal monster is adjusting its position. I won't be your supper tonight, Kraken of the North, I shout loud, firing off another blast as an approaching arm. I'm not some gulping, defenseless critter of the sea. I will not roll over onto my belly in submission, and I will go neither quietly nor easily into that watery dark should the end be in my sights. You're not but glorified calamari, and you don't frighten me. The kraken wails, and a tentacle slams into me from behind. The air is knocked from my lungs, and I'm pushed painfully up against a pole with a flare. It's dying now, but still bright enough, still wet hot enough, I can tell you now. I can feel its icy burn of the tentacle suckers against my back, through my coat, and I bellow in cathartic cursing as I pull the flare from its position and twist, slamming it deep into the tip of the monster's arm. It rides in panic, trying to get away, but I hold it in my grip, jamming the flare in deeper, smelling the sizzle of its flesh as it peels itself into sharp bursts from the skin of my back, taking a good deal of my lovely coat along with it. The flame goes out. The red of the flare, were it not for its dutiful rotation of my trusty lighthouse, I would be plunged into total suffocating stormy darkness. The scorched tentacle retreats, terrified of this sensation unknown. And I watch as, one by one, they all lower reluctantly back under the sea of the waves off perhaps in search of an easier meal. I laugh then. I laugh loud and clear as I grip tight onto the rigging. Lightning flashes for a final time as I come upon the door. The lighthouse beam swings around and the reflection of the golden arches stands tall before me. I cannot tell you what is on the other side, but... I can see that it is open. It's a curious sensation, I'll grant. And I won't have to wonder for long. Because with a last great wave from behind, the boat is lifted. I grin from ear to ear and hold them steady. My sea legs tested to their absolute limits. We sail on. Onward through the door. I'm the last lighthouse keeper in Scotland, and I've sailed the storm to the other side. By you slash darkly gathers.
The air shimmers like a pool of liquid glass as I sail madly through the door. Golden yellow light washes over and through me as I pass as a lone captain from one storm to another. The wave I ride carries and crashes down into yet no less choppy waters. Shining silver in place of this familiar blue-black and frothing beneath a foreign sky. I stare up into it. It's a sky of amber bursting with full, heavy clouds of gold, clouds that swirl like a whirlpool in the heavens. Thinning and paling ever so slightly into shades of lime as they edge toward the horizon. By the brine and blazes blue, I mutter to myself, into what fathomless realm have I intruded? I glance below. There's nothing there but the door. And the rolling waves that stretch off towards the horizon. Ahead, however, there lie more wondrous curiosities. In the distance stands a long, high cliff of shiny black stone that crumbles into the sea. There are no stacks, no arches, no cracks or caves to be seen, but instead floating spears. Floating spheres of stone that hover close to the cliff's edge, shining and sparkling with salt like golden specks under the strange and shifting yellow light from the sky above. And what do I see to the cliff's right? Standing alone on the island of the same black stone? A lighthouse. A lighthouse not altogether unlike my own, though the light on this one is out cold, dead dark. Well, now I suppose that'll be my destination then, I bellow cheerfully. Grunting and gripping the ropes and adjusting my course through the shiny silver-gray waves. Through the angry tides I dutifully sail. The boat rising and falling and rocking with the swell of the sea. But a sudden change in the world above gives me cause to glance up from these churning waters. A burst of black like an ink stain is spreading across the amber sky. I watch as it starts to flow to leak in all directions overhead. The shining tips and highlights of the clouds shining bright like rivers of gold against the darkening canvas. The closer I draw to the lighthouse, the darker threatens the sky. Come on, I mutter to myself, my heart a race. Nearly there, old girl, nearly there. But enough distance lies between me and the lighthouse. Heavy shadows fall across my surroundings, and the cursed, twisted distortion of the ocean makes one last desperate attempt to keep me back. These threats and temptations alike are proof enough that I am set on the right course. The notion burns bright within me. I hold tight to it. The flame of my flare may have been extinguished, but... My own inner fire blazes on. An enormous and barnacled boulder from the bottom of the sea now rises up a wee distance ahead, pushing aside the roughened white-gray surface with forth and blasting spout. 
It groans and grinds and rolls in place as it ascends. Held in a torso compromised of twisted seaweed, black and writhing, and endlessly flowing and cascading water, like a waterfall in all directions at once. The spray flying like rain as it catches in the winds of the storm. I shield my eyes as the boat tips away from the entity, and I grab and pull at the rigging to keep myself upright. The boulder spins around in place, and two hollowed cheekbones of rock become visible. Beneath two bright and fearsome eyes of icy blue, and still it ascends. Twice my height, then thrice. Rock is drawn from the ocean floor and swept up to its body, held tight by the wraps of the dark sea foliage. Lighthouse Keeper. It groans in a voice like thunder, water spilling impossibly from its stony jaw. I pride myself on my constitution. As I told you at the beginning, I've seen things most men's wouldn't have ever dreamed of. But this, this thing, the voice sends me through. The voice sends through me shards of ancient terror, and I cry out in alarm. Worse than the singing of the murdered monks, worse than the belts of that damned cathedral. The voice reverberates around and around in my head like a calamitous whirlpool. I have to get away. I have to get away. So I grab the ropes and alter my direction, of course, at once. Riding the waves of the surge and storm, eyes fixed on the monsters, blue and terrible. Her icy gaze bores brutally back into me. And I hear a voice from behind me. You don't want to go that way, old chap. Trust me on this one. Fuck! I shout in panic, stumbling and swiveling into the voice's source. I recognize it, of course, to just don't believe it. The boat rocks dangerously from side to side on a rising wave, but the owner of the voice stands firm. His sea legs as good tonight as they were the day I first met him all those years ago. Jack? I mutter in disbelief. Mad Jack Candles? Hands behind his back and boots firm on the wood of the deck. He stands as a ghostly spectre, pale and glowing in this enshrouding darkness. His coat almost as torn and tattered as mine, but colourless now, billowing in the gale. He looks back at me. Winks with his good eye, and his eye patch, of course, covers the other. Good to see you, Douglas! He chorts loudly, and he suddenly lunges forwards. I stumble back in fear, but he only laughs in response, bracing his shimmering boots against the deck in the side of the boat, grabbing the nearest ringing and looping it around his arm, pulling and yanking it tight and drawing the boat in the opposite direction, back toward the beast. What are you doing, you old mad English bastard? I bellow. You'll get us fucking killed! A little late for me, Douglas. Jack laughs, then nods to the sail. Sharp turn this one. Give us a hand, would you? I grimace and swear and do what he says. 
no time for much else now. I turn from the ghost of my mentor to the monster from the depths, the idol of the sea. She roars with the winds as the boat alters its course. My salt pepper beard bristles wild. Look over to the left, lad. You see what you're heading right for? Jack shouts from behind. I glance over and my eyes go wide when I see glimpses of void black rocks that the rapidly rising and lowering waters provide. Just out from the sea like great teeth, ready to bite into the hole of any vessel foolish enough to stray too close. The monster roars. She throws out two great arms of churning silvery seawater as the boat hammers toward her on the crest of a wave. We're going to crash right into her, Jack! I cry out above the clamor. Nonsense, Douglas! Look at her chest! What do you see? I was always taught it was rude to look at a lady's chest, Mr. Candles. I shout back and the Englishman laughs heartily in reply. Look, Douglas! Look! The rock ends there! Below her chest is nothing but water, and we'll sail right through, so brace! I roar out a battle cry, defiant in the face of this enemy of the deep. Her eyes flash bright in supplies, and with an icy shook we plunge right through her middle. For several long seconds I know only the rush and the pour of the death-cold swirl, soaking me through to my skin. I slip and stumble crashing down into the deck but the boat nonetheless makes it through to the other side. Fuck! I shout, spitting a mouthful of spray out over the other side. Cupping my hands and hastily scooping out as much water as I can see from the embottled little boat as Mad Jack guides the steering. I grab the pole of the sail and rise to a stand. Oh, sea legs, don't fail me now! I command. And cup a hand round my mouth and the shout into the watery witch of the sea as she turns to look at us over her great shoulders of writhing seaweed. The sea might very well take me one day, lass. I must admit it. It would come as no great surprise. But at the very least, my dear, it won't be today. It won't! And with a wail and a strike of lightning upon the ink-stained horizon, the monster swells with a swirling wave. She rises higher up into the air, then the lights of her eyes go dark. With a ferocious scream that shivers across the surface of the sea, her form collapses. The groves and lines of her stony face once again appear as no more than natural cracks and dents in the rock, and the various materials of her beginning to cascade back into the water. The force of this collapse sees the boat pushed faster and further away. The lighthouse is close now. I turn to Mad Jack, my chest still rising and falling from the shock of the icy water. Thank you, Jack. Always saving me from bouts of panic, eh? I look the man up and down. So, pray, tell me, what are you then, pal? A ghost of sorts? Jack flashes a grin as the spray of sea flows right through him. He grunts as he tugs on his rope one last time, then ties it off to the side of the boat with his ethereal hands. Not quite, old sport, he replies. I'm not trapped here, if that's what you're asking. I'm not even here. In any tra- of the traditional senses, 
not in body, neither in spirit. To call myself an echo would be more accurate, I should think. I grunt and shake my head. What happened to you, Jack? I ask him as my beard drips. I wipe the last of the stinging salt from my eyes. Why did you go? I'm sorry it had to be so sudden. Truly. I had more pieces of the puzzle revealed to me than you, lad. So I seized an opportunity I was not sure could ever come again. And it demanded immediacy. He pushes his wild, blown fringe from his working eye. The twin beams must be manned, Douglas, he solemnly says. His coat whipped wild about his shoulders. Rule number three. The twin beams. I look up to the lighthouse ahead. It's bulb dark and dead. Of course. Aye, Jack, I reply. I hear you. And it was good to see you again. The man nods. It dissolves at once as a mist and disappears into the whirling winds. And just like that, he was gone. I turn to face back towards the lighthouse. Not far now. Not far at all. But the storm. This surging storm. I hold the boat back as I approach, riding the crests of the waves and waiting for a necessary lull, sufficient to see me bring the boat onto the stony shore without smashing it, and myself, to pieces in the process. The thunder rolls and the waters churn, and I see my chance. I bellow and pull tight to the rigging, bringing the boat round through the sea. It's far from still, and quite far ahead, but... It should be enough. Please let it be enough. The spray blasts high and I bring the boat into the shallower waters of the little island's immediate coast. It's much like my own, though the stone here is smoother and much darker. I stretch out an arm when the moment strikes. I grab a hold of the rusted metal of the wee island's surrounding rails. I cry out in pain as my arm feels fit to pop from its socket, but I hold firm with all my might. I bring the boat to a rough and jarringly chaotic halt upon the rock with a scrape and a grind. Fucking hell. I grunt and I stumble, hopping out from the side of the boat, grabbing it tight and holding it in as close as I can to the lighthouse. Arms burning with exertion, hands shaking and raw from my efforts with the ropes across the sea. But, but I'm here, wherever here is. I've made it. This is where the door wanted to send me. I'm sure of it. An old mad Jack practically confirmed it to me himself. I pull my collar tighter around my neck. Not that it's doing me much good now. The wind is arctic in its assault against the sea-soaked skin and clothes. I grab the handle and make to barge right in. But what would you know? The bastard's locked. I try again, rattling the door with full force. I sigh and click my tongue, preparing to kick the thing down. Before I do, however, I decide to knock. Loudly and firmly. 
Just in case. I'm no barbarian after all. And what would you know? There comes a response. Difficult to hear above the wind in the surge, but it's a woman's voice. Sounds like she's asking who I am. She sounds frightened and, hell, I don't blame her. Name's Douglas Bannerman, I shout through the wood. I've come from the twin of this here lighthouse of yours. If my understanding is correct, you've a wee problem with your light? You fancy letting me in? There's a pause. As the storm rages. Douglas? Comes the voice. Aye, that's right. Douglas Bannerman. I am in the lighthouse. I struggle with how to describe its location relative to my current position. Uh, the, the lighthouse on the other side. I knock again. Now come on. Are you going to let me in or not? I'm freezing my fucking balls out here. I assure you, I'm, I'm on an errand of utmost importance. I'll kick down the door if I have to, lassie. And then the door swings open and a woman of similar age to myself stands before me. Illuminated orange in the glow of the lamps she keeps around the walls. And for a moment or two, my heart stops dead. I, I can't believe what it is that I'm seeing. I can't comprehend. My, my mind struggles with the sight. I stutter in surprise as the woman speaks. You won't be kicking down any doors of mine, Douglas Bannerman. The words come from my wife. I only bloody petting these things last week, I'll have you know. I'm the last lighthouse keeper in Scotland. And the story comes to an end. By you slash darkly gathers. Heather? I shout, stumbling backwards in fear. Recent memories of the unseen nightmare that knocked upon my lighthouse door come hurtling in return to the forefront of my mind afresh. Hearing her voice was one thing, but... Seeing her, seeing her standing right here before me, I can't believe it. For my heart's sake, I can't. I refuse. Heather, how? You can't be real. You can't. What cruel trickery is this? Please. I'm a hard man, and I pride myself as such. I can't be taking too much more of this tonight. I can only handle so much. Heather scoffs and puts her hand to her mouth. <laughs> A hard man. She chortles good-naturedly. In the way she always did. You're nothing but a big softy, Douglas. You certainly took your time. 
blowing me down. It's her. It's really her. I swoop in at once and hold her tight. She squeals as the icy wetness of my jacket and beard connect with her skin. Warm and soft. I plant the wettest kisses upon her lips as she laughs and kisses me back. How? Is all I can manage. Tears budden at the corner of my eyes. Terrible, suppressed images from five years ago flash painfully through my head. Images of Heather falling from the wave-wracked little fishing vessel on onto the sea. I can still remember the powerlessness of my position in the lighthouse. Unable to do a thing but watch and scream into the boat's panicked driver. I shake the memories away. All this time, Heather. All this time, I thought. I swallow. I thought you were fucking dead, woman. How? How are you here in this place? She smiles and cups my face in hers. It's so good to see you again, Douglas. She whispers. Though you've certainly let this awful thing grow out of control, haven't you? She gives my beard a playful tug and draws me into the lighthouse, closing the door behind her. She snaps her fingers and points to a wardrobe tucked by the wall. You need out of those clothes before you catch hypothermia. So come on, quick. I'm still in a daze, I think. I'm struggling to process but I do as she says, grabbing a rough and mismatched set of dry gear from the wardrobe. There I was, Douglas. Caught in the swirling seas, she begins, moving her arms about dramatically, struggling to breathe, thrown away this and that. It was so dark, so cold. And then there it was. I saw it. Glowing through the gloom, gold and white, shining, rippling like liquid glass, an arched door in the midst of the waves. I felt myself get carried right through it and found myself in a foreign sea, gasping for breath amongst silver waves beneath the amber sky. And as I coughed and splashed against the surface, I, I felt someone grab my arm, grab me and hold me up onto the boat. A boat made of mist, shining and shimmering like a specter they were. And you'll never guess, Douglas. You'll never guess who it was. <laughs> was it old Mad Jack by chance? She sputters and furrows her brow, suddenly cross. She puts her hands on her hips. And how the devil do you know that? I've taken the wind right out of her sails. I'm looking at her now. I can't help but laugh. A hearty laugh for the soul's sake. I've missed you, Heather. I chuckle. I saw Jack myself. Just now. The fucker saved me from certain death. And he didn't stick around. My smile falters. I grow more serious and look my wonderful wife in the eyes. The twin beams, Heather. The twin beams must be manned. You have an issue with the lighthouse, haven't you? It went out, Douglas. 
The light went out, she says, and clasps her hands together. Mad Jack, just after he rescued me, and I was still on board this ghostly vessel, he told me his tale. He told me he had died upon the water. He wouldn't say how, he said it hurt to talk about. But in his own words, he wouldn't allow a little thing like death to get in the way of his mission. I smile. That certainly sounds like our Jack. He wouldn't share the logistics with me, Douglas, but he was able to fix the light the first time around, and he'd been waiting in the lighthouse ever since. Waiting for a living soul to come relieve him of his duty. She rubs her chin. I haven't seen the man since then, in all five years. I thought perhaps he'd passed on. You saw him too. I shrug. He wasn't a ghost, Heather. He told me himself. An echo, he said. The last traces of light from a faraway star, perhaps. I trail off. What did he tell you about the lighthouse? The same as the scrawling above our sink, Douglas. The twin beams must be manned, and... I've done my duty. I've done it as best as I can. But about a year ago, the light just stopped. And I tried and tried, but I just couldn't get it working again. I couldn't do it. And the storms, the storms and the horrors out at sea. I've seen them at night. They've just been getting worse and worse. Aye, it's been rough for me too, I reply. But these things happen, don't they? I'm sorry it took me so long to come find you. She smiles and squeezes my arm, chuckles and says she forgives me. Right then, I clap my hands. It sounds like I've got a job to do, eh? I wink. I wink and clamber up the stairs as the fearsome, hungry winds roar beyond the walls and the waves crash against the shore of the island. There's a reason my lighthouse remains unautomated. I'm not just some babysitter for the great bulb, I'll have you know. I know my shite. I'm the fair deal of creative engineering. But for now, I reasoned it. It'll do. And sure enough, about an hour or so before the sun rises, the gears turn and the centerpiece whirls. And the beam of the lighthouse returns at full blast. And the beam of the lighthouse returns at full blast. It's a wonderfully welcome sight. And its presence fills me with a relief and a peace of mind that was difficult to put into words. Around it goes. Rotating surely and steadily and casting its warning and light out over the waters. And the terrible storm begins to calm. I stand with Heather on the deck and we watch as the wind settles and as the swirl of the sea starts to slow and the great lights rolls gently around and around. We're approaching the end of my tale now, lads and ladies. Thank you for sticking with me. It's been a real pleasure. Not much left to do now, but wrap up the loose ends, I suppose.
The door lasted a wee bit longer that night. Before it disappeared, I've never seen the things last so long, in fact. I think it might have waited, you know. Waited for us. It held strong, and the waters were kind as Heather sailed away across that silver sea. We couldn't stay together. I just wasn't feasible. Took some heavy and quick-fire conversation, but we both ended up at the same conclusion. The twin beams must be manned. There were no more angry waves as she pushed the boat out, no monsters from the deep as she pulled the rigging, and the woman was careful to sail a great distance from the sharp teeth-like rocks that lurked beneath the surface. The sea was so calm, however, that I should think she could have sailed right over them without an issue, if she'd been so inclined. She was difficult to make out as she passed through the golden arch of the door, twinkling in its reflected light, but I could still just about see her waving to me. I waved back from the island shore, and she disappeared safely through. A minute or so later, the door faded away, and the sun rose high on a new day. So, I'm still here. In the other lighthouse, of course, but still doing my job as a keeper. I'm perfectly happy. As I said to you at the start, I like my peace. I really do enjoy my solitude. My wife was always the social one. She'll be happy to return to her friends and family. Spend time in the village on the mainland. She's got five years of catching up to do, after all. I'm not sure how she'll ever explain it. There's a village here too, you know. But you might be interested. That's where I got my new boat. The little town lies beyond the cliffs of shining black stone. And is occupied by strange and curious folk indeed. They're not much for conversation, but... That's a tale for another day, methinks. From now on... For now, though, I'll, I'll keep doing my duty, together with my wife. We'll ensure that twin beams are always manned. And once a month, once a month on the very same night, the glittering door beyond the waves returns. Is agreed with the echo of old Mad Jack. The fellow takes over to the lighthouse for me. He doesn't mind. He can manage. It's only one night per month after all. 
and I sail across the waters. Across to spend one night with my wife. Through the glimmer of the glittering door. Hello everyone, Stormy here. I hope you enjoyed today's stories. If you did, make sure to like, follow, and share, so that the terror may grow. If you would like to see more from us, please consider heading over to YouTube and subscribing to the official Scary Stories for the Rain channel. There we will post all of the horrifying tales, as well as some content not able to be contained by this audio platform. And if you have any stories of yours you would like me to read, you can submit those stories by email, which will be in the description below. Thank you all so much for your continued support. And I hope to see you in the next tale. If we all survive...